1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 669 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. It's Thursday, July 8th. I am joined by David Bray, Ben Askren, no Spay, no Kozak today because we're going to talk Cadet World Championships. Because you know what? We're just about a week away from the Cadet World Championships. Just over.
2: Oh, that's soon. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah, it goes on the same time as
1: Fargo. July 16th, I believe, is the first day. That, and that's
2: also the first day of Far- no first day of Fargo is July seventeenth.
1: Yes. Um, no, excuse me, I was wrong on that. Cadet World starts the nineteenth. Nineteenth, got it. Yes, the nineteenth.
0: So watch Fargo all day. Watch Cadet Worlds all night.
1: That's right. Just don't okay. even sleep.
0: Yeah, it's good. Good prep for the Olympics.
1: Exactly. <laughs> just take a bunch of amphetamines. Say-
2: the Olympics is going to be that bad. Okay, and maybe I'm going to be a party pooper, but. We've watched the first session, which yep. I think is going to be like our time central, 9 to 1130-ish or something, right? Then they're going to give you a schedule what the next morning is going to look like, okay? And it's the semis and the medal matches. Now, unfortunately, I don't know that we're going to make the semis and the medal matches in every single week. It would be tremendous if we did, yes. but I don't I don't know that it's all that likely. So, you know, maybe half the days or so you're going to have to wake up for the semis and metal match. I think I think we did half the medals of the weights were in. I think that would be pretty great. Um, and it's going to get a schedule. So let's say it starts at 430 or whatever, right? And you're the 10th match. You ain't got to wake up at 430 because you want to watch other, other dudes, right? You wake up at like 530. You watch the semis. You know it's another seven matches. You go back to bed. Wake up in thirty minutes, forty five minutes, there you go. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Well, we're gonna be man, we're gonna be like locked in the studio for every single session. So watch party, baby. We oh, so you guys are so you
2: guys so that's not the case unless you bring your your uh, sleepy bag and air mattress into that's the it. studio because we're going lock gotta, in
1: for a week straight.
2: Jeez. Oh, yes. Okay, wow. So the session gets over at eleven thirty. And the next session starts at. Was it eleven thirty midnight? Next session starts at four thirty. What are you guys doing for that? Pot, that pot? it's
0: gonna it's gonna look like a, an Austin downtown homeless camp in the office. I mean, we're gonna have. <laughs> I thought they outlawed those, and now you guys open one back up. Well, it's it's gonna be indoors, so I think that's legal. But I'm I mean I'm serious. I'm throwing a throwing a camp pad and a sleeping bag down in the office, sleep for a few hours until four fifteen. Yeah, it's just. I mean, there's no point driving all the way home and driving back and doing it again between yeah. sessions. So, so just, what about?
2: But what about? Is it gonna be every sport? Because Flow has multiple sports, and they're all in the Olympics, or most of them are in the Olympics. I mean, listen, I we, can't attest
1: for track and field.
0: We know who we we, <laughs> we know who runs the studio around here. It'll be it'll be just wrestling. I mean, you know, we've got the studio booked for every session of wrestling. So, um, okay. I mean, if people if other people want to use the studio, they're gonna to have to fight us for it, and I don't I don't think they want to do that.
2: Well, that would be cool. You guys could do like your own little Olympic community within the Flow HQ. That would be you know cool. and maybe set up a second or third studio so that, you know those guys those losers in the other sports could you know, at least have a little, a little bit of time with their stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean it's going to be that's going to be wild for us. It's going to be night shifts basically.
2: Yeah. Seriously. Cuz it's what 6 days of wrestling So Seven. it's
0: 30 31st through the 7th, right? I need to get Spay out here. He was official eight. schedule I man. think it's 8 days. I think the, I think it's oh, uh God. <laughs> You guys are gonna be so you guys are gonna be so miserable by the end. you realize how terrible it's gonna be? You know what? It's gotta be seven days because it's eighteen weights and they're doing three a day. Three a day. So but the first day no medals, so there'll be the first day, which will be short, yep. and the last day will be short. Makes um so yeah, seven days.
2: Wait, so do you realize how miserable you're gonna be by the last day? You're gonna be <laughs> so grumpy and pissed off.
0: We're gonna be delirious, like we're gonna be all, you know, loopy. I think those I think we'll get used to it and then afterwards when it's switching
1: back to normal schedule, mm-hmm. that's when it could get weird for a little bit.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we'll become nocturnal is what you're saying. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh,
2: I bet I bet Austin is fun if you're nocturnal.
0: I think so. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's as hot. Fun. You know?
1: Mm-hmm. See all
0: you you kinds of weird stuff. You know?
1: mm-hmm. See weird stuff all the time though.
0: Anytime, it's a good point.
1: Anyway, we, there's a couple uh, news chunks to get to before we dive into some cadet world stuff. Um, RBY staying on the hustle, uh, signing deals. He just signed uh, with this wings restaurant, Wings Over. Um, apparently, they're they have this hashtag Wings Over. Athlete. I don't know if that's if he's their first wings athlete. I don't know anything athlete. about Wings Over. Um, never heard of them until. Yesterday, when this was signed, but kind of cool, I guess.
2: I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> we were all excited about this NLI, and we're reporting on these deals, the Eat Wings Over. And I guess this is what they want. They want the publicity, right? That's why they're sponsoring him. Yeah. But for all we know, he could get like 100 free wings a month. We don't know what the deal is. We don't hey. know it's a big money deal. Maybe it is. Wings Over.
1: Not. Wings Over. Give a me 100 month. free wings a month, and I, I will give you a lot more than just a social media post.
0: Yeah, I, I think he is there. He's the first athlete I've, I've seen them post about. So, um, is, is this okay. like a is this an Arizona I, or
1: Pennsylvania company?
0: Five hundred sixty followers on Twitter. Is it, um, is it
1: just like a state college thing or is it uh, an it's Arizona? A, it says they're in sixteen
2: states, so they're they're I guess they're kind of a big deal. Okay, I don't really like their logo though. It's kind of a silly looking chicken in the in the form of a W and a and a O.
1: Hey, I mean, aren't wings like um? Wing prices like really bad right now because there's like a short of a chicken wings or something.
0: Yeah, I think I, I heard that. I don't know, but I'm I'm scrolling through their Twitter feed and they, these guys seem like they're on the cutting edge for uh, for for wing companies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, they rolled out on 420. They rolled out a CBD infused garlic parm. Uh, oh God. line of wings. <laughs> so you know
1: there is absolutely a um, chicken wing shortage going on right now. I, I I'm signing Kegano Tools to do a Funky Fresh Spring Rolls deal, and we're going to report
2: on it. Yeah, Next let's do week, it. He's going to get 17 free spring rolls per month uh, <laughs> in order to tweet twice.
0: <laughs> That's great. I, I You know, we should take that. Texas Monthly, <laughs> five
1: days ago, the cluck stops here. Texas restaurants and bars struggle to sell cheap chicken wings.
0: Okay, but I think you're missing the fact that Wings Over on 420 a CBD-infused <laughs> garlic parm <laughs> wing. These guys are not worried about the wing shortage. They're going to get theirs. They're first in line. They're going to figure it out. <laughs>
2: Bray wants uh, Wings Over to go public so he can invest
1: already.
0: <laughs> it was because of the February freeze.
2: Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you could be a venture capitalist, uh, Bray, and just you know just call Wings Over up and say, like, hey, I, I really like what you guys are doing, CBD-infused yeah. wings. Like, I, I'm in. I want in. How do I get in right now?
0: That's – all right. I'm going to make the call. I'm going to wait till the show's over, but then I'm going to make the call. Is that the key to Roman's
1: <laughs> success, CBD-infused wings?
0: <laughs> I mean – you never know. Diet of a national champion. Ooh, they have a little
2: bigger following on Insta. They have 6,000 following on Insta. So it's slightly a bit, a little bigger than 500 on Twitter, but uh, I think funky fresh got a bigger following than that. I'm going to I'm going to sign Kiko's
1: Tool to a deal tomorrow. Yeah, get it done. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Other news, Ned Shuck named the uh, Bellarmine head mm. coach last night. I was
2: pumped about this. Yes, Ned I Chuck think coach the- at, uh Whitewater here in Wisconsin. Yes, he did for, what, like five
1: years or something like that? A a guy that's had success with um, a number of smaller programs has spent the past three years at Army um, and I think was a big part of their success Um, the past three years. Army's done great. Uh, I think he also spent some time at Augsburg and another – Smaller, yeah. so, division three school. If I'm not, mistaken. I don't recall
2: where he was, but be- where he was before Whitewater. Uh, he wrestled at Iowa, and then I, I really liked him when he was here at Whitewater. He did a great job. A um, couple, you know, a handful of my wrestlers wrestled for him, and they, they had nothing but positive things to say. Um, so, big ups, Ned Shuck. Uh, hope he takes Bellarmine to the next level. I know. Th- I think this was their first year at the divisional level. Um, so he's got nothing, nothing but up to go for them
1: and he was early 2000s in iowa was he under zaleski yes i think he was 2000 i think he's 2007
2: graduate like me if i remember correctly
1: okay yeah
2: that's great um, it's also great to see i mean we're, we're getting other new you know bell armin is a new division one program uh we have presbyterian we're, we're getting a handful of ones um you know, I know that the Corona period wasn't great for wrestling, as it wasn't for all sports, right? A lot of other sports got dropped. But, you know, if you look at historical trends of the programs being added versus programs being dropped, um, say, you know, you go back 25 years, uh, we're really at a good place in wrestling where, you know, we were going down, 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 and some some years it was faster than others. And now we've kind of hit this uh, bottom-ish, right? And Corona was even, you know, even through Corona, we kind of hit this bottom. And now I believe we're headed back up. Um, we've had Bell, Bellarmine, um, Presbyterian, Cal Bapp. There's probably someone else I'm forgetting about that we added recently. Little Rock, obviously, mm-hmm. good good spot.
0: It's it's interesting too to think about what this means for Army, and you know, mentioned that Ned Shuck did coaching at the D3 level, and and obviously he's done well, and and did you know did a nice job at Army. Kevin Ward also has coached at levels outside of Division One, and and he's made a, a big impact at Army. It'll be really interesting to see yeah. who Kevin Ward brings on staff. He brought Jesse DeLavecchia on as a volunteer assistant not long ago, and then now he'll have the associate head coach opening. Um, I, you know, I think Kevin Ward often makes hires that people don't necessarily see coming, and they end up being really good. Uh, he, yeah, like Ned. He Example. Like Ned, I mean, Chris numa, he had him when he was really young, and now you can see the impact that he's helping to make out at Cal Poly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm very curious to see what kind of a move Kevin Ward makes here uh, because, I I mean, I think he's got a really good thing going at Army, and and uh, it's a big opportunity for somebody.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Ned, Ned graduated in 05, I just looked it up. He graduated in 05, and he was the head coach. I knew this, and I don't know why I couldn't put my head on it. At uh, Heidelberg in Ohio for a couple years before coming to Whitewater. In Tiffin. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's go Ned Shuck. Get him going. Yeah.
1: One more last news, but this one not quite as exciting, although I don't think it's really much news. might be worth mentioning, though. Japan did declare a state of emergency um, early this morning. Uh, really, from what all I could gather was that means – Suspend so alcohol sales, <laughs> um, bars and restaurants. I think that's pretty much it. it could um, be like from... the
2: lamest Olympics ever. No one's gonna be partying at all. What the heck, J.D.? Yeah, well, I don't think
1: there's really gonna be anybody there. <laughs> yeah,
0: mm. there was. There was also a, a report that they're probably leaning towards no fans. Um, I, I think people have suspected that could be the case for a while. This yeah. this might be like a way to, you know, the first, the first move in justifying that decision. So, um, that's, I mean, that's too bad. That's going to be, it's going to be odd winning an Olympic gold medal in front of nobody, um, or in front of the media Very and that's, that's pretty much it.
1: Um, Axios is reporting
0: as of two minutes ago, the Olympics will be held without
1: spectators. As of okay. two minutes ago, we were breaking news on this show. That's right. Um, and BBC breaking news, blue check mark yeah. reporting it as well
2: man that's gonna be so lame um i know uh i know we've kind of gotten used to we, we got used to it for a while where there was no fans at, at almost anything but now like i mean ufc is is the event besides wrestling that i watch the most fans had so much just that first time when there was fans back it was like electric it just it just like you just felt the energy it really added a lot to the event um and obviously we've never watched the olympics without spectators so we're not quite exactly sure what it looked like but the ncas I, I was there in person and there was i think it was like 1200 spectators or something it was so it was so weird so strange i mean the wrestling was still there the wrestling was still great but just the environment in the arena and uh i don't really know how i get to watch i had i'd had watch one session um not in person and you couldn't really feel the crowd not being there uh, that much on you know on inspecting on tv but um man I, ho- I hope it doesn't take too much away from it
0: yeah i think the first wrestling event i went to when there were fans back in the room was the pittsburgh wrestling classic and that was like a really small crowd as much as and still in a ballroom but even just a couple hundred people made a massive difference compared to the events that i'd been traveling to before that where there were you know just the teams or coaches and um yeah, I agree. You could even, like, in that event, it, you know, it's PA versus USA, and you could feel the, like, momentum swings and the, like, the way that the bench, like, was yeah. reacting to the crowd and, and the way the wrestlers were, too. And I agree. It, it makes a huge, huge difference. So, man, the Olympics without fans, it's going to be a little bit bizarre.
1: It really is. Ugh. It's unfortunate. unfortunate, too, especially for families of the athletes. That, that's it, for real. Yeah, and that's the worst. And this is truly, for most people, a once in a lifetime opportunity. Every four or five or three uh, <laughs> year. I was years, years, yeah. Um, so unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, but... your
2: families aren't in the country, JD. They're not, they're not gonna be able to get in. So, yeah. like, if you win an Olympic title, an Olympic medal, and you want to celebrate with your family, and they're not there, dude, that sucks. That is just no good. How many I people get came?
0: How many people came to support you when you were there? So
1: many, probably uh, 25,
0: yeah. uh, 30.
2: I wonder yeah.
1: how like locked down the Olympic Village will be. I bet it's super locked down. Because like th- like you know, you go and you win a medal at the Olympics, you kind of want to party it up a little bit, and it's like, what's so like I go sit in my room with you know my couple other teammates or something that I'm allowed yeah, to interact yeah, with like that's In
2: know it. it was pretty locked down i mean and that was uh i feel like oh was a much more free time than we have right now but you need your pass you know you had to i think you could get one guest in i believe it was um and you had to like do some paperwork to get that guest in the village or whatever it was um and they, they definitely monitored your comings and goings for, to and from the village um uh, so I got to imagine it's going to be if they're going to do a state of emergency and they're not going to allow any fans or spectators, they're going to extra lock it down because um, I, I don't know. You know, I know at least when I, was, I went to Singapore and their government was like, you had to install a tracking app on your phone and they, they kind that. of knew where you were and who and who you were in contact with. And it would show like if you were in contact with someone with Corona or whatever. But like I think um, Andy I, hold, Hamilton. Oh, Sorry. Okay. I, yeah, I couldn't leave my room. I mean, um, unless it was on official, like official business. So the people who I had my itinerary, they had to submit my itinerary to the where I was going and coming, and I had to stick by that exact schedule. Like it was so freaking disappointing. There was this beautiful pool right out my window. I'm on, like the 32nd floor, and this pool is like right down there, the 26th floor. And I'm watching people at the pool day, and I'm like texting the the liaison, "Hey, can I go? Just go to the pool, man. Like it's outside. Nope, can't go to the pool." It was so annoying. It was terrible. I'm sure they're doing the same thing in Japan.
1: Yeah, I think I was talking to Andy Hamilton. He's going to Tokyo, and he was saying something along the same lines. He he was going to have to download something on his phone. uh, They had to stay in, like, this hotel and could only use this mode of transportation to get to the arena, and they would be Mm -hmm. tracking you. But what I'm saying is if you're an athlete, and then once you're done competing, like, you just, like, kind of go off the reservation a little bit? Like, what are they going to do? Kick you out? Like, what if you're leaving the next day? What if they, they're I strip mean... You, I, strip you of your medal? I don't think they're going to strip you
2: of your medal. I guess they could try to imprison you. I mean, I, I don't know.
1: True. Japan
2: ain't China, but... Uh, I, think, I think China, if, I really wouldn't mess with them dudes. Yeah. I
0: think if we've learned anything from Ryan Lochte in 2016, it's that you can do literally anything you want after you win your medal, and there are no repercussions. <laughs> There's no repercussions. In fact, you no, might I, even get a lot more publicity. You'll get a lot of publicity going to be no problem what did he do again did he pee on something or get in a fight I,
1: I don't recall what he did he peed in public outside of a gas station i believe
0: that was yeah that was uh, headline you, worthy. Got,
2: you guys have both done that <laughs> listen i've never been some caught. Point in your life <laughs>
0: it's not a, yeah it's not a jd's yeah, record
1: that's the true least
2: i've never gotten a ticket for it yeah you can't <laughs> prove that in a court of law
1: i've never peed outside in brazil okay <laughs> there you go all right. Um, should we kind of run through? Uh, we were going to look back at some of these old cadet world teams, kind of compare and contrast to this world team, and see how it stacks up, and uh, what we, th- how we think this cadet world team is going to do.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, when I look back to these, it was it was pretty cool to, um, pretty cool to get to see all of. The people who've been on the cadet world teams in the past, and then you know, for me, it's like, how did these guys pan out? Because cadet world trials and, and, and Fargo are really kind of like the first test of like, are they, you know, if you win cadets, you're probably getting a pretty decent scholarship somewhere. It's really likely. Nice. Um, so, how how did these guys pan out over the course of time? And obviously, there's certain teams, um, for example, like the 2000. 13 team which had a handful of stars on it but there's a few teams in here where it's like uh, a bunch of these guys didn't really even start at the collegiate level um yeah. and so it's kind of interesting to see that from that perspective and that's the one i was looking at because i didn't really remember i mean i i don't want to say exactly but i don't think you could watch a bunch of these worlds like i don't think there was viewership i don't think it was live streaming or nothing so i don't really remember watching the majority of this i remember like if we go towards the end of it, like I remember watching uh, Kirk Vliet in 2017. Or no, no, it was 2018. It was the year he lost his RA. So I kind of remember that year. Um,
1: but like
2: I don't remember some of these early years at all.
1: Even 2016. 2016, they were on flow, but I believe it was like handheld camera uploaded yep. later. And I don't think every mat was streamed live so it was yeah. probably 17 or 18 when the cadet world started getting streamed live
0: yeah
2: is it so weird how long how far we've come in such a short period of time because we were, i mean we're talking five years ago and we didn't have live streaming of every match at the cadet Worlds, which is i mean it's a re- it's, it's a younger event but it's a relatively premier event yeah uh, and we didn't have live streaming it feels really strange
0: yeah, that that was the period of time where we were starting to get that expectation like if there's a big wrestling event in the United States, we should be able to watch it. But yeah, if it's overseas, absolutely. if it's overseas, it's like you might never you might not find out what happened for a couple of days. It just was so, you know, but we have come a long way. But Ben, you mentioned the the point of like how Cadet Worlds helps to kind of predict how these guys are going to do in the future. Kozak is working on on that article right now and he's looking at it from like the standpoint of if you win a medal what is that you know how have the guys that won medals done at the next level and it's 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 very you know they've done very well um if you're bringing a medal home from this event it's a good indication that you're going to be a a major player in at least ncaa wrestling if not the senior level for a while so um yeah yeah and and, it's you know as we look at these teams we'll see that
2: To me i i mean i think one of the most interesting things and uh because I, I think, right, this is, my, this is my job as athlete development, right? How, how do we get athletes to go to the next level? And I think about it a lot. And you know one of the things that we push is you, you don't need to do it so early. Um, and, and that's kind of how we run our system is that we can develop kids late, later in their careers. Um, and so I, I look at this athlete development piece a lot. One of the most fascinating things to me is kind of the divergence, right? Because you have some of these guys. So at, at this point in time, they're all the best 15 through 17-year-olds in the country. That's literally by definition, they are. um And, you know, seven, 16, 17 is not all that far off from college. We're talking a year, two years. I mean, these kids can be up to a junior in high school, uh potentially if they're, if they're younger for their grade. And then, so the diversion path is some of these guys obviously be, come on to become like all timers, right? Mm-hmm. And then some of them don't ever start for their college team. And that's, you know, it's like, well, how do we have these guys who are kind of uh, roughly at the same place? You know, they're both the best in the country. Some of them are a little better because they get medal at the world level. And then some of them go on to be like, you know, Spencer Lee, Mark Hall, Dayton Fix, Yanni. And then some of them go on to, I mean, we'll just run through the list. Like Devin Brown, I don't know that, you know, he ever started. Fawz was solid. I don't, John J. Savez never started. Agnes Arthur, I'm not sure who that is. Lance Benick never started. Carter Happel never started. Gavin Teasdale never started. You know what I'm saying? Like you go through yeah. these lists. And that was, that was just 2013 and 14. We could keep going. And so it's it's wild to think the divergence of path where one is never starting at the
1: college level and the other one is we're going to be all-timers. Uh, Tyler, will you go ahead and pull up the Team USA Cadet Worlds um, graph sheet? It's kind of big, so it might be kind of hard to read a little bit on screen, but you can kind of see there um, the names of the guys on the team and then their medals, if Obviously, if they're gold, silver, or bronze, there.
0: Hey, I want to before we get into that. Ben, you said Angus Arthur. That's a guy you don't you don't remember. Hey, that guy made a senior level world team. I don't know if you remember.
2: Oh, did he wrestle in a different country or something? Jamaica.
0: Like, I, okay, like, I feel roughly like I've heard the name, but like yeah. I couldn't tell you what college he wrestled for or nothing. He was at Michigan State, but but not a big impact guy at Michigan State. Okay, um, that classic yeah. Michigan State to Jamaica pipeline.
2: <laughs> yeah, but there's, I mean, so obviously some of these guys we are still the, I guess I would say the jury's out because we don't know, you know, say a, a Matt Ramos, he's not, he's not currently a starter and he's having some decent success. Is he going to move to be a starter in the future or, you know, like a Julian Tag is a guy we were all really high on. Again, hasn't, hasn't started to this point. Not sure, you know, what paths he's going take. So yeah, just the divergence of past, but to your point, there's not a lot of guys who win medals at this level. There There are some. Who don't have success, right? So we could go. If we just go through it, it's really easy, actually. Uh, Mick Ma- Mason Manville, uh, Owen Webster, Mason Manville won gold. Yeah, Jared Verclearan. So for uh, Verclearin, also won gold, and you know he's having like an, a- I guess it's an average college career. Um, so yeah, the- Kurt McHenry still, and maybe that's a size issue, but still has not started at Michigan. Um, he he went actually won two golds. Will Luan is, I guess, having mediocre success. You know, he's a top ten guy, but he's you know, when you compare it to some of these other guys on the list, like I said, they're kind of like all timers.
0: Yeah. Luan, was he was he was, I think, round of twelve or round of sixteen this year. So mm-hmm. he's got he's a guy that you would imagine uh-huh. we'll see him on the podium or or at least yeah. would be very realistic to see him on the podium um the next couple of years. The next couple of years for sure. I think part mm-hmm.
1: of this also too is There's a big variance in fields at cadet worlds um, because we don't really know a lot of these foreigners when they're this age. But you see sometimes where literally like two years later, guys representing his country Mm -hmm. at senior worlds versus, you know, you go and do a little research and some guy who meddled there. It's like kind of fell off the face of the earth at, you know after his juniors and like maybe he competed or did yeah. Valiev or Euregan a couple of times and placed in the teens and then never did anything else. Yeah. Man, well, I mean, when you guys had that chart
2: up or is, I don't know, can the public see the chart or no? I was... No. no. Uh, okay. Now they can. so uh, can we scroll down to that, like just shrink it a little bit, Tyler, just so they can see the whole thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, when you, when you see this chart here, I think it's relatively apparent. Like, if you look at the top half of the chart, the upper weights, uh, America does significantly better than the lower weights. Um, and that that's kind of something we saw, we've been talking about with, you know, 74, 84, I'm sorry, 74, 86, 97, where we have multiple really good guys. And then, you know, at the lower weights, say 65, we haven't really been having too much success at all. Um so when you look get the upper half of this chart, I mean, I got to say it's, what, it's probably 75% medals up there. And then the lower half of the chart, it looks like it's like 25% or something Although, like that.
1: at this, 65 is kind of a middle yeah. upper half, and we have had success at 65. At well, the yeah, but
2: yeah, at that age group, though, that's, that's kind of a big kid. Yes. Uh, big-ish kid.
1: Although Yanni won gold at 65, and he's still a 65. Yeah. Pico as well. Yes. Yeah. Um,
2: 63. But- or, 63, 65.
1: They they've changed weights. They changed it, right. Um, in like 2016 or something it, like that. 17. One other 17.
0: one other trend that I feel like I see when I when I look at this list is that it, it seems like Team USA has. Um, I don't know if it's the, the level of expectations are higher or the level of preparedness is higher. The investment from you know from the U.S. Federation is higher. But starting out in 2013. I mean, we brought some some hammers, some guys that have done really well NCA or senior level, and we only brought home one medal. That was an Aaron Pico gold. But that team mm-hmm. had Spencer Lee. Everybody knows, obviously, who how, how good he is. Yeah, Stevan Micić, who you know he's got European medals. Bo Nickel. I mean, that's a. Those are three guys that you would expect. Nickel was the only one that even wrestled for a medal of that group. He was fifth. Um, so it, it does feel like we. It's not like we didn't have that the the horses. From the get-go but yeah. maybe we're a little more prepared maybe we're uh, we know these athletes know what to expect a little bit better than they did and uh they've gotten better since then
1: yeah
2: and right, so is there historical results past 2013 now that i'm expecting you to have them right now but you know in this it's it's so it's fifth second 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 third third then i believe it says ninth as a team um i would be very curious to see if we go if we were to go back even further where um, I america plays you like-
1: the full medal history um yeah. here give me th- three seconds two okay now One. there's a big gap between 2011 and 1999. I don't think we competed or something like that well wasn't it a lot so, yeah. of like
0: pay your own way kind of thing
2: I I don't remember exactly so well I I can tell you in 20, 2004 I made the Still junior roll team and we just man. didn't go yeah I mean we did we didn't even, we didn't have the opportunity it wasn't like pay your own way or whatever it was like yeah we're we're not taking a team like good job for winning the, the trials for not going anywhere um, how did that
0: how did that trials event compare to the trials now was it like as loaded
2: yeah I mean so in in well the year I took so I believe in 2003 they they went and I lost to freaking Kurt Backus. I love Kurt Bacchus but he kicked my butt and then I beat JD Bergman so I was it was uh, for the true second match. So it was Bacchus, me, then Bergman. So it's, I was three through, through really good guys. Um, and then the following year, uh, I beat Roger Kish in the finals. Wow. And then he and then Max came back and took third. So it was me, Kish, Max. You know, So again, three guys who had pretty high level success. I, I couldn't tell you how far down the bracket. I know when I was an 18-year-old, I lost to Troy Letters, and I lost to Tyrone Woodley. So... Um, I think I took fifth that year, fifth or sixth or some somewhere in there. Um, I don't remember who won my bracket that year. I, I actually don't think it was Troy letters or Tyron. I'm blanking on who won. Uh, but yeah, so we, we didn't go, I mean, we didn't go at all in 2004. Uh, I know max did get to go in 2006. Max made the team and he got to go, I think it was in Guatemala. I think he took seventh place or something. Um, so it was on and off whether America actually sent a team or not. I don't remember if Max had to pay his own way or not. I'm not sure on that one.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, we went. Um, the first year we won a medal was 1975. And then it uh, looks like we went pretty much all the 80s and kicked ass in the 80s. Brought home a lot of medals, actually, like more. Where's than... one of those? Where do you think anyone else went? Because obviously, yeah, some of the
2: underfunded countries don't go like. Some of the underfunded countries don't send a representative. So that would also be really interesting to see if, um, you know, where it is has anything to do with how well we do. Because say if it's in Central Central Asia somewhere where there's, you know, Azerbaijan, Ukraine, uh, a lot of those type of countries. And it's close and it's cheap and it's easy. Are they going to go? Whereas if it's in, I don't know, say Paris or something that's very far for them, are they going to spend the money to go? And I, I don't know the answer to that.
1: Yeah, true. Also, they were doing thirty kg weight classes back then. Thirty what? Kilos? Yes.
2: That's. I saw man. They had that. They had that U fifteen event um, alongside the U U seventeen cadets U seventeen essentially. Mm-hmm. Dude, there were some tiny weight classes. I looked at them dudes like, "What? Come on, these are fifteen year olds. Give me a freaking break." I mean, they, I want to say they were down into the seventy pounds somewhere. It was like really, really small people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was crazy it was okay. like yeah as the finals progress, because we were calling finals on the cadet mat and you're looking over at u15 and it, at the beginning of the round it looks like you're watching a little kids event and by the end you're like oh these are okay these are kind of high schoolish looking people but yeah that it was, it was bizarre some of those though it's they're probably the the very early part 14, of that age group they are yeah. 13 mm-hmm. and so yeah
2: for sure definitely
0: so that so that 13 team we just had one medal that was aaron pico um, but then the fourteen team brought home three golds and a silver with Spencer Lee, Mason Manville, who beat the the cheater Valiev, uh, and then Mark Hall. What, 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 how did he you... get silver? Valiev, do you remember Valiev? He wrestled. Um, I can't remember which which Korean. We choked it was. him out. No, this was when he like they went out of bounds with like one one or two seconds left, and then and then Valiev got a restart and they didn't start the clock and he scored like 10 seconds you know later after you know a two-second period and they they said they couldn't review it and and check and see well if, i didn't believe him cheat that was obviously someone cheating for him yeah yeah you're right you're right he was listen uh, there's he was the, benefactor. the clock you gotta wrestle i think Brett metcalf said that he was the benefactor of cheating let's just yeah let's say that
2: um <laughs> that's a he, hey. listen that's that's a typical tactic that happened to me in ukraine 2009 they did do this they don't start the clock then you wrestle, and then you're like, oh, shit, the clock ain't started. And then and then you get taken down, you're like, dude, there was like six seconds left, and, and we wrestled for like 26 seconds, and then they go back six seconds, and they say, oh, yeah, six seconds, he's going, okay, 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 no problem. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, God, this is dumb.
0: Yeah.
1: is still hanging around. He got the bronze at the Russian
0: Nationals this year. He picked up a U23 bronze in
1: 2019. So,
0: yeah. If you think about, I mean, Spencer Lee, Mark Hall, Jordan Wood, um, and Mason Manville. Three out of those four guys have had pretty high levels of success at the NCAA level, uh, and, and I mean, that's you know, that's, that's noteworthy for sure.
1: 2014 was the year we really started to see success. There was kind of a shift in 2013. Aaron Pico won gold, but that was the only medal we won, and then. And we finished in ninth place. And then you look at it, we went third, third, second, 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 um, the following years in the team race, and brought home multiple medals, a handful of medals every year. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can kind of run through some of these uh, some of these teams. Look back. Um, there were a couple matches I kind of wanted to highlight that uh, I remembered that were super awesome or specific things. Um, in 2013, when Spencer Lee lost, he did lose to Amir Lanov who is still hanging around and pretty good and competitive on the senior level. Aaron Pico won gold, and he beat uh, Japan, Fujinami, in the finals <laughs> in an excellent match. Uh, we're going to watch it here. Fujinami got bronze at seniors in 2017, and this match, it just super high level, and it makes you... If you forgot, appreciate how high of level Aaron Pico was mm-hmm. wrestling at such a young age. Boom. Yeah. Man, Aaron Pico never had college success. <laughs>
2: but I, That's I think true. Him as a, never I think went we never him as started. As <laughs> never went never started back. anywhere.
0: So, Fujinami <laughs> won a senior bronze just four years later, huh?
1: Yeah. Wow. Boom.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: P- Speak Pico, of a fight I mean, coming up. He just won, didn't he?
2: He just won. I feel like about a month ago. I, I don't think he has another one scheduled yet.
1: People talk about uh, Russian Instagram horse content, but Pico.
2: Pico loves being a cowboy, man. Yes, he does. All the
1: time. That's like his hobby.
0: Big horse guy.
1: Big horse guy.
2: He had one on June 11th, and he is. Um, he's not have another one scheduled.
1: All right, in 2014 um, in Slovakia, this was the year Spencer Lee won his first title, and he went unscored upon uh, this year. Went 10-0, 12-0, pin. I think he was up like 10-0 when he got the pin to 11-0. That's mm. when like it was like, okay, Spencer Lee, phenom, crazy, going to be crazy good, number one recruit. Yeah, yeah which
2: um which iranian did, did Dayton fix lose to is it someone who went on to have future success or no, no?
1: i do not believe no. so got it 2015 um in bosnia Dayton fix won bronze this year in maybe the toughest bracket when i was kind of going back and looking through some of these brackets odaguru won this bracket and he beat avaskadzi Magomedov in an absurd match um that's playing right now, so watch it if you're watching this. Sorry if you're just listening, but th- this yeah. wrestling is absurd. Um Eskazi is Russia's guy at 61 right now. He just won the individual World Cup that they held that Team USA mm-hmm. didn't attend, but some of these positions they get into Ooh, are pretty crazy. And remember... Oh, I fell for that twice in a row. Come on. Remember, these are four-minute matches, yeah. too. I forget what the final score ends up being in this one. Oh, it's going to be a lace. This is about to be finished.
2: One more. 13-2? Nope. And they nope, one? No. And no, period, because two easy. minutes.
0: Oh, they took one off, uh-huh. huh?
2: It's a, they took two off. It's 9-2 now. What the heck? That's weird.
1: No, the, the last one didn't count because time was out.
2: But they put 13 on the clock for a second, so they took two of them away.
0: Oh, geez. Here it comes.
2: Odo Guru is not much for defense. He is an offensive dynamo, but <laughs> he'll the Look at the defense sometimes.
0: here,
2: though. Uh, oh, splits. Dude, Odo Didn't Guru does it get it some
0: high scoring matches.
2: Oh, baby. Here we go. Uh, Russians about to reach back for the Wizard. Oh, he got slammed.
1: I think that's it.
2: That was a fun match. Thanks for showing us that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, Yanni won gold this year in 2015 as well. Uh, he beat Japan in the finals. And if we can show this clip, it's fun. He hits his like high crotch kind of duck where he drops down to both mm-hmm. knees.
2: Boom.
1: Right there. He has to work for the finish, but he does he's eventually – He's so strong at pulling that screen. in
2: because that was not a good shot. I mean he no. was very stretched out, and he's so good at pulling in and lifting there. Great awesome. finish. That was a great finish.
1: But it's fun to like – Go back and watch these, and you see these guys hitting the same techniques now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like they were hitting these as 14-year-olds, too. They're obviously just polished now.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, so, the, man, 54, I remember – I do remember watching the uh, the Fix versus Spencer Lee match. I mean, it's so funny that that was such a hyped-up match, it was, and it was a great series – And we still haven't got to see it since then. That, like, if you would have maybe bet money on how many times we're going to see Spencer Lee and Dayton fix, and then especially if you told me that they were going to be the same senior level weight class, and we never ever got to see them wrestle again, I would have freaking, my head would have exploded.
1: And um, Sariano in there too. Now, we did see Sariano fix in the NCAA Finals,
0: but still, like, yeah, just once. Seriano Lee in the NCAA Finals. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it is bizarre. That's a group you just figured we're gonna they're gonna have a ton of history in their ncaa careers and uh, yeah i mean we saw we saw seriano fixed twice at least in college but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we've we but the good news is we got to see him wrestle about six matches worth of minutes like because that match they had correct in, uh, <laughs> at ruckers was like like 35 Crazy. minutes long yeah
2: um was jerry clear so i i remember jerry clean being pretty good in high school but you know, I guess I don't remember him being like, you know, obviously we're talking Cadet Gold, the other people, Yanni, Mark Hall, uh, Gable. Like, I don't remember him being kind of that level in high school. Am I am I misremembering or, um, is, you know, what would you guys think of him back then?
0: He definitely wasn't that level. I mean, there were, you know, th- there was just that handful of guys coming out that were that level. But I do think, you know, if I thought about his prospects as a as a recruit, I, I you know, I would have definitely thought... Probably all American a couple times. Definitely a starter all the way through for somebody. And when he was committed to Iowa State, that seemed like that seemed like the path. That seemed like maybe you know what was going to happen for him. And then going to Penn State, it just you know felt really really crowded. And um, I mean he he also I mean he's you know he's dealing with type one diabetes. That's a, that's something that that mm-hmm. is yeah. that people wondered about as as a prospect for him. It's just something that not very many. Super, super high-level athletes have to deal with, and the ones who do, it—it it is an extra, an extra thing you got to think about. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I think this is when I'm a little behind in the Facebook chat, <clears throat> but I think this is when uh, <laughs> we were talking about the small guys in the 80s, like the 30 kg guys, and Dylan Morrison with the phenomenal comment: "Haspula would run train on them little fella." <laughs> <laughs> I think he's talking about the U15 division
2: maybe <laughs> I also in the Facebook chat they mentioned you know you guys said you repeated up uh, in a parking lot at a gas station which I have also guilty of also never been caught though um <laughs> but Mr Bray he ran around naked in Chattanooga
0: that's true it's far worse
2: yeah far worse far worse I did pee you know just recently like within the last year I took my six-year-old somewhere and then we got off the, you know, at the airport, and I always feel weird bringing like a, a six year old in a girl in the boys' bathroom. So I'm like, oh, I have to pee so bad, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want leave her outside. She's only six. I don't want to leave her by herself, and I don't want to take her in the in the men, men's bathroom. So when we got to the car in the parking lot at the airport, I, you know, I just opened my door and I peed right in there. So I did not get caught. I'm clear. No one saw me, but uh, I, I was a little bit nervous I was going to get arrested
0: airports are tough because there a lot of times you know you get I remember when I used to live in Laramie we would you know if I had to fly out anywhere it's Denver airport so you drive two hours and by the time you get there it's like man I, I could really use a bathroom right now but you're usually still 15 minutes from an actual bathroom because parking then you gotta you yeah. know get in the building and so I mean hey I've been I've been in your shoes before too <laughs> and um, you know may or may, may or may not have utilized a parking lot for the same purpose <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: all right. Moving on. Twenty sixteen. Uh pretty good team. Uh we finished second. Yanni won gold again, dominated his way. Uh Carr got bronze and when he, he lost in the semis to Iran and really good match. Got down eight to two and came back, but <clears throat> lost on criteria eight to eight. McHenry won gold as well. Travis Whitlake brought home um a bronze on a couple of close ones in Repechage. And for bronze, Jacob Warner got bronze and lost to Deepak Puna. Um I remember
2: watching that match. I don't know why, but I definitely
1: remember watching that one. I I remember, too.
0: And, and Punya was, was
1: – if, if I remember right, Punya was like a little pudgy. He
0: kind of still mm, is. Like, yeah, he, he
1: still is. But, like, back then he he was like a 14-year-old pudgy, I remember, chubby kind of kid. That was
0: the first time I saw Deepak Punya And I remember I remember when he came out for that um, – for that quarterfinal match, it's like, oh, dude, Warner's got this in a bag and he lost. I'm like, there is no way he's getting pulled back in. This little guy, there's no way this dude is, <laughs> is making the in making the finals and he did. Uh, punya has been, he's been, people have been sleeping on that guy for a long time or, or maybe just mm-hmm. I have.
1: Yeah. yeah. But That's... dude,
0: I mean, this is a team that helps to illustrate like what, you know, what it means when you bring home a medal. I mean, Kurt McKinnon, we haven't seen from him yet uh, what, you know, his career hasn't, he hasn't been, in the lineup yet. Part, For part of that can... is
1: size when he won this year is at forty two kilos.
0: Yeah, bit, yeah, I agree. But like Vito, Olympic tri- you know, Olympic trials finals this year. Yanni, a couple titles. David Carr, uh, title, Travis Whitlake, all American, Jacob Warner all American, Gable Stevenson on the Gable. Olympic team. I mean it's it's it, like okay, you get a medal here, you're in good company. Yes. For sure.
1: Twenty seventeen we actually kind of you know lost yanni um lost gable uh lost lost veto well and... this was the year
2: that gable could have wrestled in this, but he wrestled still, but juniors and won Yeah, <laughs> uh, crazy. That, that's crazy crazy and they, tried at heavyweight. To, they
0: tried to keep him out of juniors yeah he, he like showed up and they and they were like oh no he's too young he can't
2: yeah because <laughs> you're gonna have the doctor's note that that was the stupidest thing the, i don't know if they still have this rule that maybe you guys tell me i'm wrong that rule you said you have to get a note from your doctor that says you are physically able to compete at this age level. Like so, so. Look why didn't receive a Why but why in F does your doctor have any idea what level you can <laughs> wrestle at? I always thought it was the stupidest thing. Like, how does my doctor
0: know anything about my wrestling skill? This is so absurd. I see this guy once a year for a physical and he's gonna like Meanwhile, <laughs>
1: back meanwhile back in twenty twelve and twenty thirteen, you have Saj live running through um, the field taking and pinning his way through the field and he should have been wrestling in juniors.
0: Well yeah, he should actually have
1: been. should have been out on or even out of juniors. I think he's three years older uh than he actually is. Well, we don't know how old he is. It's debatable.
0: I think we do, don't we? Don't we have his birthday? He's like two and a half years or two two Yeah, like it's, it's almost something. three years old older than
1: it's like two and a half, three. a half. Three. But um this team still Got second place, McHenry repeated his performance, got gold, Corey Teamer got bronze. This was here. Will Luan got gold. Aaron Brooks got gold. He had a wild match in the finals against uh Russia. He ended up winning thirteen to eight. This is one of kind of one of those rare circumstances where the American gets up big and then the Russian kind of uh comes back. Obviously it wasn't super close still at the end. Um but an entertaining match nonetheless, especially for four minutes of wrestling
0: brooks wasn't yeah. even supposed to be on this team right really why he he lost in the trials finals who did he lose to and then whoever that was got got hurt so then brooks kind of took really know, yeah he made the team la- like they, they added him on the team last minute um i'm trying to remember, for some reason. Like i feel like, like I, so I, so I the Hoffman? way i
2: feel like you no know, Galen hoppin isn't he the who weight above it? I mean, I feel like Aaron Brooks was always the man at this age, you know, these age levels. You know, Gavin Hoffman was the next weight class. I don't know if you remember this right. What would this be on track or would this be on floor arena?
0: It's a good question. We got to figure it out.
2: Yeah, um... I don't feel like he lost that year because uh, this is Parker Keckisen's last year, I believe. And uh, I he Parker Keckisen lost to uh, the Mizzou one eighty four. Who's that? travis whitlake oh, yeah, yeah. beat him oh wow yeah you're right and travis Whitlake broke his leg or something
0: yeah yep good pickup yeah, so it's crazy i mean that's that is that was some depth um and I, I, yeah it was like okay great whitlake's gonna do he's gonna do really really well he's already got a medal from the year before um okay here comes his backup he might as well just go out and win it it's amazing yeah that's awesome
1: this is also uh the air Kirkfleet stepped up, took Gables' place. Um, won gold, dominated, and then won two to one over Russia in the finals. Uh, 2018 was our third straight year of uh, finishing in second place. Richie Figs medaled; he got silver. Matt Ramos won gold at 51. Facundo got bronze. At 71, Basad got bronze. AJ Ferrari got bronze. <clears throat> and this was the year. <clears throat> excuse me. Kirkfleet got silver to Zare in the finals. And uh, we have a clip from Facundo's bronze match. Uh, this, uh, this is one of those matches where the American does get big, does get down big, and comes back to win. You saw a nice ankle pick there from the Russian. And then Facundo getting to the leg, scoring. Whoa.
2: Oh, nice four right there. That was a good one. Um, We need to host Cadet Worlds. I'm looking at these places that are all like Central Europe-ish, Eastern Europe. Budapest this year,
1: so that's not too bad.
2: That's not too bad. The the freaking juniors are in, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of Russia. Ufa,
0: Russia. Ufa. Yeah. Ufa. Let's take two days, three days to get there, please.
2: Seriously.
0: Man. But again, I mean, you know, and this this is a, now we're starting to get in that time zone where, that range of time where we don't, we haven't seen yet what a lot of these guys are going to do. But already there yeah. are signs that, that this is a, you know, a group that's going to do really well. Um, Chance Lamer was fifth on this team and he's, he's looking really, really good. Like, he, I would project him to have a good college career. He's, Same with Richie Fix. lost
2: in the finals to
0: uh, juniors to who? Mendez, Jesse Mendez. Mendez,
2: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, no, that's not that's not right. He lost to uh, Bo Bartlett, right?
2: Oh, Bo Bartlett, yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Mendez was, uh, was Carter Young. Um, Richie Figgs, I mean, he's he's projecting to do really well. Ramos is the one that we haven't seen him wrestle yet, not in the lineup at, at Minnesota, but, you know, we'll see. Um, Facundo is looking really good. A Basad hasn't had a, a chance to wrestle at NCAAs yet. He probably would have been, you, you know, you imagine he would have been maybe rounded 12-ish, like low All-American that's... that year that he qualified
2: yeah i mean but that's like one where is is he going to get in the lineup because i you know next year probably like he's in the lineup and then what's going to happen after that are they going to you know yeah uh once Kemmer graduates his brand's going down and then it'd be interesting to see how his career pans out
0: yeah for sure but then ferrari and Kirkfleet. i mean ncaa champion, and an all-american yeah. um so so far pretty good for that for that group
2: it'd be interesting because yeah i mean there's obviously carson manville is not looking like he's gonna pan out Josh Sanders, you could kind of go either way with right now. Robbie Howard's a solid college wrestler, but not, you know, high All American, high All American yet. And it'd be interesting to see how he pans out. And then, you know, Facundo, uh, Figs, and Lamer, You at this point, you probably feel pretty positively about, but it'll be interesting to see how they play out. Mm
0: hmm. Crazy to think of Lamer being smaller than Richie Figs at that point. That's funny. Tiny. <laughs> yeah,
2: because his dad is a gigantic person, he
0: is huge
2: yeah i mean, he's huge he wrestled i think he wrestled 213 or 220 whatever the damn weight class was back then for freestyle wow. he wrestled in one of those very large weight classes
1: all right and then 2019 sofia bulgaria the last year cadet worlds have been held we took fifth um, mark anthony mcgowan won gold steve opuin took fifth richie figs went and <clears> one <throat> robbie howard took fifth jesse mendez one and one Ryan Soko one and one, Facundo Bronze again, Clayton Ore two and two, Haas, one and one, Hunter Kaka zero oh and one. So a little bit of a yeah. a step back. Um, the last time we were out there.
0: Um, yeah. It, crazy to ahead think ahead fifth place with just two medals. When when our se- you know, our second place teams are like two thirds of the team is is bringing home hardware. Just two medals gets you fifth. It's kind of crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean, we did take fifth in, in two-way classes. Obviously, I'm sure you get some some type of points for that. But, yeah, th- this is a pretty rough year, and this is one where um, when you look at college prospects, you're probably um, maybe not quite as high on a few of these guys. You know, Katkuk, Haas, uh, Ulrey, they're, they're really young, but I don't think you feel the same way about them as you would, say, a Richie Figs, for example. Um and, I, you know, I guess obviously they, they could change the trend. They could hit an upswing. But at this point, I don't think you're feeling as positively.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Am I wrong? No, that's right. I mean, you know, you think about, um, you know, I mean, Kaka, for example, he was coming out in 2020, felt good about him being the top, if not one of the top high school heavyweights in the country, but but you didn't feel the same way about Kaka that you felt about Gable Steveson coming through. It just it he didn't he didn't have the the like breakout moments beating a guy like Jordan Wood when he's like an eighth grader or whatever. Like you just you know you just knew that that some of those guys were were really special. Like they were going to be generational kind of guys, and it just happened. So happened that they were all coming along at the same time. Um, you don't always have those guys in the pipeline that yeah, for sure do you um, see
1: any of those type of guys on this year's team
2: well that's what i was gonna say it, it's hard with this year's team because we also didn't get to see any of them last year whatsoever which is something you know i reference a lot but it's relevant because we would have gotten to see these guys a lot of them at this event last year um or the cadet trials or fargo or right? any of these things um Like with Lil all, Jess Aroga, Spencer Moore, Bowman, Bowman, Nona, Myers, Shapiro, Levi. Like I haven't seen these guys too much. Now, Raleigh I've seen because he's wrestled some of our guys. Gavin Nelson used to be Wisconsin. You can see him more. Jim Mullen, I mean, you guys literally just brought him up on the podcast before the event that he could be pretty good. And before that, I'd never heard his name. Yeah, Um, I mean, the one that I think people would probably be, have feel really positive about is Bo Bassett. I didn't mention him because I did some young guns camps and I kind of got to be around them a little bit when he was way younger. So I've kind of seen him coming. Um, but the rest of them, it's like, I, I'm not sure. I mean, was I impressed? So you know, again, we go back to all of these guys are the best 15 through 17 year olds. So was I really impressed with all of them at the, at the event in the Dells in April? Yeah, I was impressed with all of them. They all looked really good. Um, there wasn't one of them where I'm like, uh, nah, I think he's, he's not that good. You know, there's not not one of these people that feel that way about. So, um, how are they going to do? Uh, you know, I'm not sure because it's, again, we don't know what the field looks like. I mean, yeah. you guys have brought this up. Like I couldn't even tell you the names of anyone on music cadet world. So it's, yeah. it's so hard to say.
0: Yeah, thinking about this team, I mean, I think it's worth maybe t- talking through these names. Bo Bassett is the youngest guy on the team, but but like you said, Ben, he's the name that probably is most familiar to people. I I do feel pretty good about how he's going to do. 45 kilos, you know, it sounds like, I mean, if you're thinking domestically, that, that sounds like a really, really small weight class. But it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, you've seen guys that have have gone there before, but historically the U S has had success at this weight when we have a guy who's really good and really um, dominant. So I, I feel good about Bo Bassett's chances at a medal, even though he's, he's on the younger end of cadets. Um, You guys, you feel good about Bo J D?
1: Yeah, he's definitely probably, maybe not definitely, but probably the guy I, I would say has the best odds at gold or medaling, or that i'm the most confident and like maybe that's wrong we don't know the field um bo bassett is young but he he seems like a phenom type of guy mm-hmm. i mean but um,
2: it, it is worth noting on, on that earlier chart that you guys put up we don't we do not have a ton of medals at those lighter weights as compared to the upper weights so like i think just statistically speaking the Raleigh, Nelson, Jim Mullen are probably more likely to medal than, uh, you know, the, the first three or four weight classes. Just because when we look historically at the data, uh, we've done a lot better at those weight classes. Like I said, we, you know, we medaled, let's see. So it's what seven years on there, five out of seven at heavyweight, four out of seven, four out of seven, five out of seven, four out of seven. And then we go back to the lighter weights. It's two, 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 one, two. Yeah. Right. I mean, just when you. Just, yeah. So I think we're way more likely to meddle with those bigger, bigger guys.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and, you know, 48 kilos, Luke Lilladol, he's a guy that uh, he, he's good, super good. I, I don't know if I feel quite as confident for him. Partly what you're saying, Ben, those what lighter weights are going to tend to be a little bit more loaded internationally. But um you know, this is a guy that, that had some close matches at the trials, and also he was competing with a lot of the kind of the junior high guys that are about to come into high school. So it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a super, super tested field. Um, so mm-hmm. I hope he does really well, but he's not a guy that I feel like I have as much information that would say, yes, he's definitely going to medal. Um, but Jezzaroga at 51 kilos, I mean, he beat a cadet cadet world champ in the semifinals at the trials and Mark Anthony McGowan. Jezroga feels like a guy. Yeah, he's a guy that I think we're going to we're going to look back years from now and and circle his name and say like, you know, this is one of the way one of the times where we knew that he was going to be the real deal on the next level. I I feel good about Jezroga.
1: I, I do too, but it is worth stating that like I think 51, 55, 60 is kind of that sweet spot for the cadet where, you know, it's 65, 74 um at the Senior level where there's a high concentration of really good guys like Richie Figs went 0-1 in 2019 at this weight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So I mean if he does medal, even that's even more of an indication probably that, absolutely that he's gonna have, have a ton of success. Spencer Moore's interesting. He's I mean, he's actually gonna be at North Carolina next year. He that's so weird that it's so weird.
2: I, he's got he I had to skip a few grades because I didn't even think it was possible to be a high school senior and be eligible for the cadet worlds. I you know, if you're a young wrong. junior <laughs> in high school, you can still be eligible usually. But no, there's no seniors that are usually eligible. It's so bizarre.
0: Yeah. I mean he he reclassified he did like the opposite of what you see a lot of guys do. Most guys are trying to figure out how to get an extra year in high school and an extra year of development in high school. Spencer Moore reclassified so that he could finish Early and and get to North Carolina as soon as possible. Kind of wonder what his that what is his, you know what's his plan? It maybe maybe he just feels ready to go right away, or maybe he's going to mess around with the with a gray shirt year and a red shirt. Yeah. And, and it, it will be interesting because I feel like he's not even a full
1: size 125
0: yet. Spencer Moore, well,
2: this, what what's 55 is it's like 121 pounds. Yeah, I mean, so maybe he'll grow into it. It's really funny to think then that. Bo Bassett and Spencer Moore are on the same team and they're six grades apart, right? Because Bo Bassett's a seventh grader and Spencer <laughs> yeah. Moore's a twelfth grader, and they're on the same, which is you know a three three year age span that that's really funny to think about. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you just maybe, and I don't know, I don't know anything about Spencer Moore's story, um, but you know we have kids, we've had a couple kids who have held back, um, and then obviously uh i i don't push but i i might advise um especially when they're smaller and they're super young like we have one kid who's kind of like me where um he's gonna be in eighth grade now but he'll be he'll be 17 when he graduates high school and he doesn't turn 18 till it's the end of august and it's like dude like you're pretty dang good but if you're gonna wrestle at that age group and you're putting yourself at such a disadvantage like you will be literally two years younger than some of the people you're competing against like holding back a year is probably going to up your chances of having success because it just, you're just going to mature, right? You're going to get better. And there's still so many, like he's saying like, no, nah, I don't want to. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Um, because when you're in that, and, and my dad's, I graduated high school at 17 and my dad wanted to hold me back in eighth grade. And I just, I just pushed back against it because it seems like such a big deal at that time to like make a whole new set of friends you know, mm-hmm. but now it's like I look back and like there's not one person who I went to middle school with who I'm still friends with today. Like I should have just freaking held back. Like yeah. I, it was a big deal to me then, and now looking back, if I could advise my previous self, I totally would. So I think I don't know what okay, much. Ben. I would. I would have had to deal with effing Chris Pelton for one year, not two years. <laughs> it might have turned out better. You never know. that's <laughs> so, son of a gun. That's true.
0: So what about this, Ben? I mean, if, if you had, so you've, you've talked about the the role that your red shirt year played in your development. Mm-hmm. What if you had been able to take, like, you know, your senior year of high school and instead of spending that time in, in a high school room, if you're in a college room, especially if you could have played with like a gray shirt and a red shirt. Yeah. Would, would two years of development at Mizzou have been worth the trade off of like one year of development in high school and one year of development in Mizzou? That's a good, it's a good question. Cause I, 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 go back and forth with this in my head about,
2: um, and I, I think every, every athlete, every person is different, but, um, being, I think there's something to be said for being like, being the man, you know, yeah. like you're the man, whether it's within your room or within, you know, the state of Wisconsin, like there's something to be said for that. And that's a very positive experience for, for kids to have once in a while, you know, as opposed to if you go to college, you'd be the low man total pole, getting your butt kicked every day, which that, that definitely did happen to me for a year. Um, So it's like as a high school senior, I always debate like, um, you know, all these kids that want to go to EAP. It's like, I think it's good for some of them, but you know, there's there's also challenges like you're going to get your butt kicked every day, likely um, by the older guys. Um, And then, you know, obviously the the freedom aspect of it, which also the same thing in college, if you're younger, are you ready to handle the freedom that college is going to provide you or or is it still better to be in a more structured environment where you're under the roof of your parents um, for another year? So I I go back and forth on that. I'm not sure. I mean, I think it's probably good to have, you know, so my high school coach who coaches at AWA still was, he was really great for my development. I made gigantic jumps. My senior high school, I made a huge jump. So it's like, I can't say I would have made an even bigger jump. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. One thing I will say about Spencer Moore, I, you know, we've mentioned it before. This is going to be one of the toughest weight classes in the cadet world championships. So he's probably not somebody that would be a favorite to medal, but He he's a gamer. I mean, you look at his performance at cadet trials and I don't know who would have picked Spencer Moore to win this bracket. It was one of the toughest brackets in in the cadet trials. And he I mean, he he was clutch. He won and he won in a three match series against Cale Lordson in the finals. But his match in the semis against Cale Hughes was was like super clutch had to score late got it done i think he had to score a couple times late and he did to win um so you know not a guy that is probably picked to medal but a guy that has demonstrated that clutch ability when it when it matters so um i don't know you know hopefully he does it's going to be it's going to be a steep hill to climb but he clearly has that clutch gene at least to some degree
2: yeah absolutely
0: Bo known at 60 is Bowman. He's, he's he is the Mantanona mold. He's totally wild. Um, he's going to need that good. the big move to to go far in this bracket, I would think.
2: Yeah, and his I mean it, he would be the one where it's like um, of these other guys I said everyone was really impressive at trials, um, and and so, sometimes that's hindsight bias because they obviously won, which means they did a really good job. But you saw Bow Bowman's had the one really rough match against Bob Zine. Um, where he was getting his butt kicked, and then I uh, was it a gut or I don't remember what move it was, but it felt like Bob Zine just kind of like quit on his back a little bit, um, and, and got pinned. But but he was killing he was killing him prior to that. I want to say it was eight two or some something to that effect. So he was the one where it's like, um, you know, maybe you see some chinks in his armor because of what happened in the finals, and, and maybe it's the other guy. Bob Zine was really good, but that was
1: a, that was an interesting turn of events.
0: Yeah. I I don't It's also know. just
1: how he wrestles like you were saying. It's
2: Yeah.
1: He he's, he's a kitchen sink guy. He, he's going to lose some kitchen matches. A, he's a he's kitchen a sink
2: sense. guy. That should be a lot. He's a kitchen sink guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <He>
1: totally. <laughs> I is.
2: love it. Yeah. Uh.
0: He's a Mantanota. That. That's great. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: he's a kitchen sink guy. Oh, I love it.
0: 65 kilos, Myers Shapiro. He he was he was so much stronger. He was one of the more dominant guys at the trials. Um, yeah, he was great. 65 kilos wasn't a weight in Wisconsin that was quite as deep as as you'd maybe expect 65 kilos to be. But still, he was super super impressive. He was not really in close matches. He just controlled everybody. What I, what we're hearing, Mike Mao's been trekking with as many delegations as he can. And it sounds like Russia feels really good about their guy at 65. Iran feels really good about their guy at 65. So uh, I think Meyer is going to be in a in a pretty loaded bracket. And so it's one where if he medals, that's going to be a good indication. But um, he's a guy that I would circle as, as someone that's probably going to have long-term, high-level success.
2: Yeah, I really was impressed by him at trials.
1: Levi Haynes I feel like is another guy kind of in that same tier, in same vein as um, Shapiro where I think he is going to go on to have a, a lot of success, was very impressive at trials. He beat Aiden Riggins in the finals, two matches. Um, did you, did did he you know, lose on to Riggins or no?
0: Yep. He did. Three, he did lose one to Riggins. Yep, it was a three match series. Riggins
1: beat him on criteria in match two. Yes, that is correct.
0: He, Levi yeah. Haynes was in some. He was which is some, funny
1: because it went tech fall, um, and then Riggins won on criteria, and then um, Haynes pinned it. <laughs>
0: hmm. He Levi Haynes has he has the ability to like go to another level, and sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. And the trials was a great example. He was in a couple. Really, really tight matches, um, and then other matches in other matches he was just very dominant, but his uh, I think his semifinal against Joe Sealy was six six match. It came down to criteria there were there were a couple times where you know a, cha- a a challenge one way or another could have shifted the outcome of the match. so that one was really close, and then yeah you brought up you brought up the matches with Riggins. And in, in the third match, I mean, he just, he went to that new level. He just, he, he, elevated himself and got the pin, but, um, you know, the, and, and then in the first one he was dominant, but in match two, you just saw a difference where Riggins was able to make that a, a win. And so he's, he's somebody that if he is all the way locked in and if he's at that new, it's that, that high, high level, feel really good about it. But also, you know, that sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it's hard maybe for him to get there. Yeah,
1: for sure. All right, James Rowley at ADKG, um Oregon guy. Um made the Super 32 finals this year. Uh two-time Oregon state champ. Um I, th- I think um I'm feeling pretty good about Rally. Um maybe not quite as high as like uh Aliva Haynes, or Bo Bassett. Really?
2: I feel more highly about uh, Rowley than I do hands, and maybe it's because he kicked a couple of my guys' butts. Unfortunately, hey, um, do
0: you do you feel Ben? Do you feel like he? I mean, you know, Super Thirty Two Finals. I I feel like between Super Thirty Two and Cadet Trials, he he gained a, like a level of power that he hadn't had. Just, I mean, just physical, you know, physicality, like maturity. Yeah. He just seemed so powerful at Cadet Trials, and that I mean, that yeah, that's part well, of the reason I feel really good about him but he did really
2: good i mean he had a great super 32 and for someone who's on the cadet team um i don't think levi Haynes or meyer shapiro did as well at super 32 and obviously if he's an upperweight at super 32 he's wrestling as up mostly upperclassmen right there's not yeah. there's not a lot of freshmen at 170 i think he was 170 right he was 170 yeah Yeah, mostly juniors and seniors so he's competing with them and then listen he he wrestled a couple of my guys that were really good and he, he kind of handled them i was very impressed um, and again, maybe, maybe that's just my bias thinking the guys that I was watching were really good, but that was a tough bracket. You know, Gabe Arnold was another guy that was in there who lost to Rogetsky and Rogetsky lost to Raleigh. Um, yeah, I, I would, and then who else was it? Not maybe not, I say his name? Knocker,
0: I don't Noctoboran. the dude from Iowa that's
2: got the crazy name. Tate
0: Noctoboran. Noctoboran. Yeah. Tate Noctoborn. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Him. Maybe, so, I mean, that was a really good bracket.
1: I'm coming out with a little bit of a bias cause I hadn't watched him. So I'm watching them at the super, super 32. And then in the cadet finals, um, so th- there was a big gap in there. Who, who did he the lose at to at the Super 32 State? finals?
0: Super 32 finals. Let me remember for a second. Um, that was. He's hold on one second. He lost to oh he lost to Manny Rojas, which but mm. I guess that's kind of that's kind of what I what I mean like. I I don't know. I would pick him in that rematch, and and I. Well, for one, I don't know that I would pick him to be able to make 170 pounds anymore. He just, he looks like he's gotten so much bigger and stronger than he was. And I mean, a couple things. So, you know, you mentioned did did, uh, Meyer Shapiro and Levi Haynes do as well as Rally at Super32? Levi Haynes was also in the finals. He lost in the finals. um, And Meyer Shapiro didn't compete at Super32. But rally he just, like, making the Super32 finals and losing to Manny Rojas, but I mean that's that's impressive, but the way he looked a, a, against a really good field to me at, at trials suggests that he's I think he's grown physically I think he's I I think he's come a long way um, and some of the physical tools have caught up to some of the wrestling ability yeah. that he has and and so I I think he's going to do well I, I agree with you that he's going to do really well at Cadet Worlds and he's at that
1: 80 kg weight class where we've seen guys like abasad and Travis Whitlake. Uh, yep. Bring home medals, you know, not that they're bad, but obviously they're not on the same level as a Mark Hall, a Yanni, or Dayton or guys guys like that that have brought home medals as well. It, I think it's a weight class. You don't have to be one of those superstars to bring home a medal. You can be an all-American yes. type guy and bring home a medal. Yeah, That's fair points. Okay, um, who's above that? Gavin Nelson. Ninety-two kilos. Um, so he's one where I,
2: I I saw him lose to Clayton Whiting a whole bunch, and then obviously he's gotten bigger now, and he was super impressive uh, at the trial. So it's like I, I you know he I wasn't all that impressed by him before, and now it's like damn, he looked really good. Um, and then given the historical success that we've had at this weight class, it's like I don't you feel pretty damn good about him getting a medal.
0: Yes. He he was such a powerhouse at at uh, the trials. I mean, it just he he. I mean, he had, and he, it wasn't like he had had easy matchups either. He had PJ Cassell in the finals, and it just mm-hmm. it wasn't close. He was he was super super dominant. Ten zero ten zero. Hmm.
1: Okay, and then lastly, heavyweight big Jim Mullen. He's doubling up. Actually, I believe big doing Jim both Bullen. freestyle and Greco. Uh, here at the World Championships in Budapest. So good for him. him and Bo Bassett, The lightest and the heaviest made both the teams. Yeah, you, you
2: got to feel good about Big Jim Mullen getting uh getting some medals because of our historical success at heavyweight. Um, and he was really impressive at the trials. I like I would never heard of him prior to then,
1: but um, man, he looks great. It, you know, you say our prior success at heavyweight. Jordan Wood did bring home a silver, but after that. It's Gable and Kirkfleet who are two of your very Wait, high we guys. Have one more
2: in there somewhere.
1: No, it went Jordan Wood, Gable, Gable, Kirkfleet, Kirkfleet. Katka was yeah, twenty nineteen yeah. and did not medal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure going back uh, farther exactly. I know we didn't in thirteen or twelve or eleven. So beyond that, um, kind of whatever, but. Like, don't necessarily just hang your hat on. Yeah, we medal at heavyweight
0: or whatever. He's he's obviously really good heavyweight in the U.S. No, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, 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 yeah. He's bad, but he's also. I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete. We talked on this show before about his his f- football success. He's a huge football recruit. But I think it's worth mentioning that before the trials, he had he had not competed much at all in freestyle and definitely not in Greco. And still was able to to navigate that tournament and win. Since then, he's had a whole lot of investment from USA Wrestling into his development. He's been at camps. He's been really focused on wrestling. And I, I think as good as he was at the trials, he's he's made improvements since then. And big question is going to be how you know how much improvement compared to the world. But but I I feel pretty good about him. I think he was the guy. Well, Greco, I mean Greco is going to be a, a steep learning curve for a guy that hasn't done it a lot. But freestyle is the one that I, where I think we'll really learn a lot about um, about how much he's developed. And I, I feel good yeah. about it.
1: 100%. So how do we think this team kind of stacks up against past teams? It's interesting for me because mm. I'm looking at past teams and, you know, I feel like it's not as good as like a 2016 team yeah. where you had rby Vito yanni david carr gable and then also whitlake and warner um that brought home medals but then i also think i'm like well kurt McHenry won a medal that year he won gold as well and but it, i also think it's not as much not that much different than the 2019 that took fit and only brought home two medals in mark anthony mcgowan siva yeah. Poin, richie figs robbie howard jesse mendez so-called Facundo Clayton O'Reilly, and Hunter Katka.
2: Yeah, I'm. 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 I i am i am i do not want to say bearish, but I'm definitely not as bullish. And and then again, to your point, when you look at some of these teams, like you know, I, I would say I was following high school wrestling a lot more um, in 2018 or 2019. Um, I would say I was surprised the 2018 team got so many medals. I thought we probably would have got one or two less. Um, but then 2019, I would – if you had have said, how many medals is the U.S. going to get, I would have guessed greater than two. Right, like uh, Richie
1: Figgs didn't medal. Robbie Howard, yes, it was his exactly. third straight team, and he didn't medal. Jesse Mendez didn't, didn't medal. medal. At the so time, like,
2: I'm going to go three and a half medals is, this year.
1: Is the line? I think three and a half is fair because – I think I was, it's fair. I was, I was thinking – that that two and a half or three and a half, I Two and a half would have probably too low. team
2: more than two for sure. I would have I lost money on that bet if you said, Well, how many medals did I get and you bet on it? I would have lost for sure. Um, and I mean, we I don't think we definitely don't feel as bullish as the 20, 2016, 2017 was some freaking really good teams. Um, and I don't quite feel that way about this team
0: yet. Three and a half is a good line. I Think about think about
1: 2013, though. One medal. Spencer Lee didn't medal. Bo Nickel uh, didn't medal. Crazy.
2: Yeah. I would like to look at those. Bra- I mean, I wish it's like that's so far back. I don't remember watching or paying attention. Like, uh, I, I just wonder foreigners... if Bo Nickel and Stevan Michik. I, I know Spencer Lee was that good at that point in time, but I wonder if Bo Nickel and...
1: Stavon Micic just weren't at that level. I don't, really, I don't know. I don't remember. Well, um, he just won a junior medal either the year after that or two years after that. So I think he was kind of on that level. But it's also hard to think about because the foreigners have fall off too where there's a guy that does really well, wins age level world medals, and then does nothing on the senior level as well. So we don't know them. So even yeah. if you go back and look at that bracket, it's like, yeah, yeah. He, Maybe he was really good in high school, and but then he did nothing. So
0: I, I don't want to say I, I I don't throw 2013 results out, but but I mean USA wrestling as a system was nowhere near the place it is now in 2013. Yeah. I mean this was like Burroughs had had just started that resurgence of of Team USA. He had meddled in. 11 and 12, and then, you know, had this. we had this team in 13 where we're starting to think about ourselves back as like one of the yep. top countries in the world. I, I don't know. I, I think that, that we have honed in our, our system as a whole from top to bottom. I also think we've we've developed our, our program around these young guys. I mean, like Slay was building it up at that point. And so yeah. I, I think we're a little further along than we are now, or the, now than we were then. Oh, yeah, With, without a doubt. If you're setting the line at three and a half, I think I am taking the over and not feeling super confident in that. It's a good line. Um, I, I think I would take the over partly so that I could, uh, you know, get up, you know, have motivation to get up early Life's in the morning. Life's too short and, uh, to take the under. You know, cheer <sighs> hard for Team USA.
2: Yeah, I, I would bet. I would bet if I got to bet on the exact number, I would put money on three and I would put money on four. So, um, so I, so I, I think I, I'm gonna. It's gonna be three or four. I'm not really. Like I said, not very confident in either one. Or my exact picks, it could be less, could be more, but that's kind of where I'm thinking. Yeah, and
1: I, I think this is like a third or fourth team finish. Tyler, if you want to pull up the uh, cadet world's graph, Russia, unsurprisingly, has Freaking dominated um, the past 10 years. They've won every year except Older one in 2018 when I ran one. Those two they... countries
2: might not really care if their kids are 15 through 17 also. Yes, correct. Put it out there.
0: When Russia was fourth in 2018, that was that was right after the U.S. had won Senior Worlds in 2017. And I thought, like, we're taking over. The U.S. is going to just take over. And now, three years later, Russia is, is as good as ever, of course. But, yeah, but
2: yeah. All right. So, I think. We're, we don't have we're, much time. We're almost out of time. we got to get into questions, Jason. I,
1: I know. I know. I was just kind of wrapping this up and saying we're all fairly confident, maybe not super confident, none of us predicting team title or anything like that, but all, all of us expecting a couple medals.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah.
1: Oh, really all right. On to questions. There's
2: barely any of them. That's why you don't need much time for it.
1: Yeah, there weren't too many questions. Um... We'll go with old school wrestling clips first. Who are the smartest people in NCAA wrestling history in terms of smartness off the mat?
2: Uh, I thought this was a funny question because how how are we ever supposed to know something like that? But there was the one dude who invented the grain type of grain, which was drought resistant, which led to like millions of people not dying in Africa. So he gets my vote. Seems pretty important, right? Also, insert
1: any name? Harvard wrestler name here. CP um, replied to that one on Twitter. I don't know why he's talking. CP, you're not in the Are studio. You, the you don't get to answer questions. <laughs> but uh, he said Nikomuchastegi, which is good. One. Adam Kuhn should be up there seeing as how he was going to be an ast- astronaut until he's like, oh, no, I'm a ginormous person. I can't go to space Yeah. ever. Yeah. I wish you guys. Uh, I
2: wish I could remember the name of the guy who invented the grain that that saved a lot of people, but I do not remember it.
0: Harry Corn? <laughs> was it Harry Corn? No. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson weird. wrestled at Harvard, right? Ah, uh,
1: yeah. That, that's pretty, probably pretty the old, answer, too. right there. Neil deGrasse Tyson.
0: Mm-hmm. N- N- Nick Steggy won. What, it, what was it, like the elite eighty-eight? Is that the award? Or yeah, the highest GPA or whatever. If you go back through and look at. The wrestling winners from of that award, and then like, you know, look at it sort by major. you'll you'll probably be able to figure it out. Yeah. It would, would be my guess. All right, from Weston Barl. who's going to be at the last chance team qualifier in Fargo?
1: I'm looking forward to it, but can't find entrance. Side note: Brainspay can stay at his house. We'll I think you guys take him up.
0: Uh, we might. Sorry, Weston, JD, you're not invited. I Ozak. guess I'm not. I guess I'm not invited. <laughs> even though I'm staying at the Baymont. Our, our intern, Rich, well. who's, who's sitting in the back of the studio, also not invited. But hey, Weston—he's well, not even staying at the Baymont. Uh, yeah, he's not even staying at the Baymont. He's, he's not, not a Baymont boy. boy. Um, he's not part of our Dangerous Nights crew. But that's right, Weston. I, I'll be there. So I appreciate it, JD. Sorry, man.
2: Hey, honestly, you guys should, okay. you guys should, you Can't guys might get nothing. homicided <laughs> at the, at the Baymont. You guys should rent an RV, set it up in the parking lot of the Fargo Dome, or they even have that drive underneath. You can even drive it underneath, sleep like in the RV idea. and then do the show right outside the RV or from the, live
0: from the RV. Call. Col- the Fargo styles, dome, You wifi. know, they
1: roll up with the RV.
0: Yeah. You guys should do it. That's we should, good idea. we should just buy an RV. We're going to go to Fargo every year do you, you think
1: i could expense an rv
2: buy a flow rv i mean listen discraft who's gonna be here next week discraft has um one I, rv that is uh, like their far a discraft rv that they take to events and then they i, I don't know if they leased it for paul mcbeth or how or what the exact deal is but then paul has his own rv which he goes on tour with to different events so listen if discraft can do it all right well, I'm going to I'm gonna
1: talk, talk to Mark Flo, say, hey, you had the van. I, I want a van, too. It's just a little bit bigger. Yeah. And then, I'll, I'll you know, I'll talk to... The wrestling team demands Lee, an RV. And Amy, and say, we demand an RV. You guys, this, honestly, 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 you guys, honestly, honestly, you guys could... Event. You guys could
2: probably... It probably would be viable from the point of, like, uh, driving weekend to weekend to places, and maybe, like, a few different crew members fly in, or maybe, like, one weekend... You 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 know you're not going to any hotels anymore because the RV is it's it's pimped out and it's got all the recording equipment that you need. So one weekend you guys fly into Iowa City and then you use it for the weekend. You stay there and then a new crew flies in and then they drive it to Minneapolis and they do something there, right? And it just I think it should, it should be done. I think you're onto something, it has to ben. be done. I'm on to something for let's sure. Get
0: this RV, yeah. No more Baymont. Yep. All in on the RV. On and RV. then, you guys,
2: it could be all set up to do live broadcasts from the RV every single weekend at, on
1: site. Dude, it would be great. I think you guys should do it. Let's Perfect do it. idea. Let's do it. Back to Weston, though. Um, there is a registration list on our website. The biggest name right now is Ryan Deacon. Uh, there's not much. Um, the, the I think all the weight classes are under um five participants they're quite also It's a really
2: funny time to do um uh it's a really really funny time to do a last chance event cuz usually this happens in like April or yeah, March like or May or Yeah when a lot of people are wrestling listen there ain't a lot of dudes seriously training in July I'll tell you that much
1: Well um, pretty much everybody's also already qualified um <laughs> No, I'm I'm being dead serious. <laughs> no,
2: I got I got I got a text. You want to know where I has got a text from? Yes. Kim, my computer. Listen, Flowzone Zone Mark Bader just text me. I'm still listening to, listen to the show. Thanks Mark. And is so funny because you gotta know mark is the ultimate hooligan but he says i am not sleeping in an rv with those flow wrestling hooligans (laughs) mark bader i could tell you some mark bader stories but i don't want to get him fired live on air mark bader is (laughs) the ultimate hooligan and actually we're having a a zoo reunion at my house next month and i'm a little worried about mark bader's presence i might have to have (laughs) the cops come keep him under control
0: i heard about that is that gonna be during part of the olympics
2: so it's the fifth, sixth, and seventh. So I think the Olympics will actually the Olympic freestyle Olympic wrestling will be over by that point. Okay, I think.
0: I, yeah. Okay. There they, might be a little be bit overlap, over but man, if a it if it is the if it is the Olympics, that's like that would be you guys would not yeah. sleep at all.
2: Not, not. I'm not. I'm not so sure Mark Bader is going to sleep as is.
0: That's a good point. <laughs> <gasps>
1: all right, yeah. it's note nine forty five. I think that's all we have time for. Wait, hold on.
2: I got no. Let me get. Is Mark Bader the official Flow Wrestling hooligan? Like, is he the worst? I think he's got to be the worst. Right, the most out of control, unruly person you guys have on staff at Flow Wrestling. He,
1: uh, he, So everyone has their moments. I feel like, but he, he's definitely the easiest to uh, wind up. There's a yeah. I mean, there's
0: a couple <laughs> JD Raider stories that that uh, you, you might want to hear off air, but. Mark Bader is, I mean, his energy level is is super high, but then get to oh, an yeah. event and he's able to ramp it up to a level that, I mean, it's like, yeah. how, how does he get, how does he get from like a 10 to a 12? I don't know, but he does it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, he had this, uh, I'll tell you guys off air some other stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mark, Brady, right. you're in trouble, boy We're on to tell all your secrets <laughs> That's, it. That's it, Ben's keeping your secrets Bader, don't worry, but we're going to get out of here Happy Thursday, everybody Everybody have a good weekend CP will be back probably on Tuesday I guess we'll I'm see I'm not
2: back next week I got a celebrity disc golf outing That's on right. Tuesday I got a business meeting on Wednesday And I'm going to Fargo on Thursday
0: Fargo, baby I'll see you all in
2: Fargo Live from for live From the RV At the Fargo Dome, we'll be broadcasting Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm speaking into existence. Go tell Mark Floriani, rent the damn RV. Let's go.
1: There it is, y'all. All right, everybody have a good weekend. See you next time.